the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, in the spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. We live in a very confusing time in the 21st century. There's no doubt about it. It is especially true for our youth and and our young adults. You see, for the last 10 years or so, we have been told by our culture that we need to love more. Yes, we need to increase our loving more and more, which as Christians, I might add, that we do agree with. Indeed, We could all love one another a little bit more. Our culture, though, goes on to tell us that if we increase our love, our world would be a safer place because love conquers hate. Love supposedly wins over everything. At the same time, yes, at the same time that we're being told to love more, we are also being told to judge less. We're told that we should not judge anyone's choices and that we should not label anyone or anything. In other words, we're told that we should not judge other people, but promote and celebrate and encourage them to do whatever they want, whenever they want, without forming an opinion about them or their actions. Now, the Apostle Paul is pretty clear in 1 Corinthians that we Christians really shouldn't have anything to do with judging those outside the church. That is to say, since unbelievers are not members of a Christian congregation, the jurisdiction of the church does not extend to them. Besides, pagans are going to do what they do because they are pagans. On the other hand, Christians are encouraged to judge themselves and each other In light of God's law, you and I, we are all captive, not to our own thoughts and desires, but we're captive to God's word. As of late, though, 
Christians in North America are being ridiculed for teaching and upholding the law of God to themselves within their own very churches and their own lives. My friends, we need not go far. Yes, we need not go far to hear this. We have all heard the criticisms of our church in the community that we are a part of from people who are neither members nor attendees of the church here at Zion. They say, and you have heard it yourself, oh, Zion, they are that strict church, as if this is a negative characteristic that should be stopped or changed. So, the mantra that we have heard the last 10 years is that we are to love more and to judge less, which essentially is translated to mean that we are to have more tolerance and less law to make the world a safer place and to create a so-called perfect utopia that we can live in. Now, while we could spend time together over the next 10 to 15 minutes looking at how naive this kind of thinking is, because it is indeed naive, the point that we must address, though, this morning is that love and the law, yes, love and the law of God are not opposites and not at war. We're not faced with an either-or proposition with love and the law. Permit me a few minutes to explain, and that is this. It is not true that if we judge less with the law, that there will automatically be more love. It is also not true that if we love less, that there will result in more judging. And the reason why? Love and the law are not opposites. They're not opposites as if they are sitting on some sort of teeter-totter where you give less judging, you have more love, or if you have less love, you have more judging. It does not work that way. You see, we hear about the law, and we also hear about love in our gospel reading from the Gospel of Matthew. A lawyer, a Pharisee, asks Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And instead of responding by listing one of the 613 laws held by the Pharisees at that time, Jesus says to that lawyer, he says this, that the greatest law is this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And Jesus continues saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now did you hear that, my friends? The greatest commandment is to love God. And to love your neighbor. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your being, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To love. Now, many people will talk about love, as you know. However, they will fail to identify what they mean by the word love. However, Jesus is clear in our gospel reading that love is the fulfillment of the law before God and to our neighbor. Therefore, real love will never disagree with God's law. And God's law will never obstruct love. What this means is that there is no conflict, indeed there is no conflict between love and God's law. True love is expressed when we keep the commandments of God towards our neighbor. And God's law is fulfilled when our neighbor is properly loved. So, if you want to love your neighbor, yes, if you want to love your neighbor, if you want to love, 
Then obey the fourth commandment by respecting police and other people in authority. If you want to love your neighbor, then obey the fifth commandment by not hating them or murdering them. If you want to love your neighbor, obey the sixth commandment by not sleeping with your neighbor's spouse. If you want to love your neighbor, obey the seventh commandment by not cheating him out of money. If you want to love your neighbor, obey the eighth commandment by not gossiping and assassinating a person's character. You see, dear friends, love seeks out to honor God. And it seeks out to love your neighbor with the Ten Commandments. More specifically, love seeks proper Christian teaching with accurate doctrine. Love seeks to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, by going to church to receive his good gifts. Love seeks to respect those in authority like parents and governing officials. Love seeks to preserve life, especially those who are weak and insignificant those unable to protect themselves in the womb or at the end of life. Yes, love seeks to protect marriage from pornography and divorce and adultery. Love seeks to defend our neighbor's possessions and it seeks to defend our neighbor's reputation. Love seeks to rest in contentment, not loathe our neighbor's new car or house. To the point, our culture is dead wrong when it attempts to reduce the judgments of the law and we are wrong when we try to uphold the law without love. The law and God's love cannot be separated. To follow the law is to love and to love is to do the law. They are not opposed. Therefore, a type of law that does not go the way of upholding the truth of God's law is really no love at all but a fake love based upon nothing more than an empty idea. On the other hand, yes, on the other hand, the law without love is false too. You see, the law is spiritual, as the Apostle Paul says. It is not performed with only outward acts, but it demands the feeling, the the spirit, the heart as well. Yes, to love with real love means that we are to love God and our neighbor with all of our heart, all of our motivation, all of our powers, inwardly and outwardly. Everything that we have is to be poured into this love. All of our thoughts and our words and our deeds, our whole entire life from beginning to end is to love God and to love our neighbor. So, considering all that we have heard thus far, I must ask you this day, do you love your husband? Do you love your wife, your children, your parents, your neighbors? Do you love them as you love yourself? Do you have love for all people? Yes, do you have a love for all the people that God brings into your life on a daily basis? Are you upholding the Ten Commandments towards God and your neighbor? Or does your head bob and sway side to side, dodging the commands of the law while you repeat our culture's pious slogans of love with an empty mouth? Two things should be observed and be obvious to us at this point. First is this, is that our culture's call to love more is not only vague, but a very shallow, yes, shallow, an incorrect view of love. Our culture has no idea what love is. 
Secondly, when Jesus calls us to love God and to love our neighbor, with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds, we must confess and realize that we do not do this. We do not love the way that we ought to. Indeed, our culture will never be that totally safe place, and hate will never be conquered entirely in this life, and love does not always win because we cannot and we do not love perfectly in our thoughts and our words and our deeds. This utopia that is often aspired and talked about is never possible for us because everyone loves himself or loves the one from whom he can benefit. It is a selfish love. Our love is stained with sin so that we turn inward to ourselves. The words of our gospel reading, though, to love God, as we heard, and to love our neighbor with all of our heart and soul and mind are not just hopeless words, though. They are not mere good ideas that Jesus suddenly just came up with when challenged by that lawyer, but rather love for God and love for neighbor are the description, I repeat, they are the description of the life of Jesus, the life that he lived. Jesus loved God, his Father, with an undivided heart. That means he loved his neighbors as much as he loved himself. That love of neighbor is his love for you and me. You see, our Lord Jesus Christ, he looked at our loveless lives, our loveless lives, mine included, all of our loveless lives, at the way we sometimes treat our loved ones and the way that we are almost always treat the strangers we run across. He saw the murderous and embittered, gossiping and angry hearts that are the reason why we fail to love our neighbors. So he came. So he came to live among us He came to live among our loveless hearts. And as he came to live among us, he lived his whole life perfectly, fulfilling the law to perfection in thought, word, and deed with love. Yes, Jesus reached out with a love that was most often never returned. However, this did not get in his way of loving us. And nowhere does Jesus' endless love for God and for neighbor shine more brightly than the cross. There he took the most loveless hatred that we can muster up. And instead of hating us for it, he loved us right through it. As he hung on that cross, his love for us was poured out until it killed him. And this very love of the cross, it comes to loveless people like you and like me. In our baptisms, the love and the forgiveness of Mount Calvary was poured out upon us, not only on that cross, but comes to us personally in our baptisms. In our baptisms, he chose to love each and every one of you. And this love was not just poured out at Mount Calvary or or at our baptisms, But it is poured out upon you when you hear his word proclaimed into your ears and when you receive the forgiveness of sins in the supper. His love never ceases to be poured out upon us. Dear baptized saints, Jesus fulfilled the law for those who cannot keep the law. He loves those who cannot properly love and he considers it well worthwhile.
his love, is at the center of your whole Christian life, not your love. His love is the end of your sin, the end of your death, and the end of the devil. His love is the end of your fear and is your security. His love fulfills the law perfectly for you. His love wins for you. His love is the reason why you can look forward to that perfect utopia called eternal life. And his love is that which fills you, that you might readily show this love to your neighbors in thought, word, and deed. It begins, and it depends on his love, not your love or my love. In the name of Jesus, who keeps the law perfectly for us, and who creates in us love by his spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.